Welcome back to the 21st edition of Living a Whole Christian Life. This is Jim Schrader. Wherever you are, I hope your week has been good and you're uh, headed to even a better time in the next few days. We're continuing our series on technology as it relates to, again, living a whole Christian life and the framework of this vision. And so this is a really huge topic. And one thing I encourage you as we talk about this in our third and final part here before we move on to the last piece of our framework is that there are a lot of resources on my website, james-schrader, S-C-H-R-O-E-D-E-R.com. And there's probably anywhere from 30 to 40 articles or series at this point that I've published at various outlets. And so it's such a huge topic. I often say to people that we could have a semester course on just the, the world of technology and how it's impacted our lives in many different ways. So, you know, the last 15 years, I've spent a lot of time speaking and writing about this topic. And so, you know, just three short podcasts, there's no way we're going to cover everything that we need to cover. But as we left off from last week, the question really is, how is technology impacting our lives? Is technology guiding us? Are we guiding technology? Is it preserving and enhancing our health and well-being in a holistic way? Or are we exchanging that for convenience and experience and other promises of tech itself? So, you know, it's interesting about this topic that I think a lot of times when people hear me talk about this or they've read an article, they might consider me being anti-tech in general. But as we go forward with this today, I really want to set the record straight here that I am not anti-tech at all. And in fact, I, I use tech on a regular basis. It has some amazing features. But the sense is, I believe, that if we don't use tech wisely, or we must use it wisely, not immersively, that's when it has great potential. But when we immerse ourselves in it, when we become completely controlled by it, and in many ways, I think the way it's happening today, that's when we have concerns about what it's doing. And, you know, there's a whole area increasingly of concerns about how it's impacting our youth and specific biological vulnerabilities that they have early in life. In the end of the day, as we talk about this topic here, really tech has to honor the image and likeness of who we are created by God. If it doesn't do that, if it really negatively impacts that in any way, it's something that we certainly have to shift around. It also can't usurp our capacity and our autonomy to grow. Tech has to like allow us to be good critical thinkers and enhance that in many ways, not take the place of it. And it certainly you know, has to encourage virtuous living and not increased vices. So in this whole idea here today, we're going to talk about what I think is the whole Christian vision of technology. And there's really three key principles to the idea of how I believe that technology can really truly become an asset in our Christian lives and our everyday lives and not detrimental to us overall. So I'm going to start with principle number one, and that is that media and technology encourages not discourages natural healthy development throughout the lifespan in the physical, psychological, social, and spiritual dimensions. So when we think about this, the key here is that at any given time, and I recognize we're all going to be distracted a little bit. I know this is no one's going to be perfect about this, but at any given time, technology should be never should be taking away from our physical capacity and our physical health, right? It should never take us to an emotional place over and over that's negative and really devolving in many ways. You know, like inhibit our ability to grow socially, our ability to have conversations. And certainly it shouldn't threaten our spirituality, our sense of religiousness and faith in the way that we know we need to live. And this is the thing. Let's just talk about the idea of like, for example, social development. 
It's interesting. Years ago, um, and I think that, honestly, the American Academy of Pediatrics is kind of hedged on this, but for the longest time, it was deemed that kids under the age of two simply do not need tech at all. In fact, shouldn't have tech at all. Shouldn't be in front of screens, anything related to it, because there's such an intricate balance of early social development, um, not just language, but social development on many levels, that it was really felt and still felt in many ways that technology inhibited that, that no matter what it could do, it couldn't replace that intricate balance of that sensitive period of development with the kind of exposure that we need. And so, you know, I think about that as then kids grow older and they become exposed to technology and do use it more regularly, the concerns begin at some point that as the smartphones come to play, that do those replace the opportunities for our kids and our adolescents to develop more complex social abilities that are so necessary in their lives, not just their social lives, not just, you know, their friendships and things like that, but in the workplace in so many different ways. The social dance is incredibly complex. And for anyone who's ever been in the role of management or leadership, we all know that it's just so delicate in many ways, and we have to constantly be in tune to what's going on socially around us. So this idea here, principle number one, again, let me kind of repeat this, that media and technology has to encourage, not discourage, natural healthy development throughout the lifespan in the physical, psychological, social, and spiritual dimensions. Again, whether or not you're 8 or 80, it really doesn't matter here that if technology starts to impair us in specific ways that bring us away from holistic health, then it's not being used in a Christian sense. It's not being used in a whole sense. So I want to give you kind of maybe a little bit more pragmatic questions to even consider here. And I'm just going to kind of focus on three questions um, that could be relevant to you or relevant to others. And again, there's actually an endless number of questions for each of these principles to consider, but here's three things. One, is my technology use negatively impacting my sleep? Is it decreasing my overall sleep time? Is it driving me to get to bed later at night? Is it keeping me awake because technology runs right into the point where I try to go to bed and my mind is still activated? Again, the question is, is technology negatively impacting my sleep? Number two, does texting circumvent my ability or decrease my ability or even willingness to have important conversations face-to-face that I know I need to have? You know, again, we're all going to text at times and maybe there's things that we quickly need to get done, but is texting decreasing the likelihood that I really sit across from someone or walk with someone or speak with someone in any way about things that are really important? Number three, am I simply more sedentary because of the screens I'm in front of? Whether it's the five hours on average of TV a day that you know, adults watch or whether it's being on the internet for long periods of time. But in general, am I more sedentary because of the tech that I use than I would be otherwise? There's endless questions about this first principle, but those first three that I kind of pose are the idea that we're thinking about here. No one's ever going to be perfect. And we all know that we're going to have days where, (laughs) honestly, you're like, you come home from work and the best thing ever just sounds like (laughs) vegging in front of the TV. And, you know, we get that. But we're talking about patterns here. We're talking about ways in which our life might be affected over the long term and habitually our health and well-being by tech. So three questions to consider, but you can come up with your own. And I think that that's important to consider with principle number one. Principle number two of using tech in a very Christian whole way. 
Number two, media and technology promotes human autonomy and critical thinking, not unnecessary dependence on devices. So here's the idea. You know, the best use of tech says, hey, I've got a lot of things I'm trying to figure out here and I'm trying to discern this. And you know what? I use different avenues to do that. Again, sometimes getting into the technology gives you ideas or your curiosities. You can kind of seek those out in a good way. But the key here is, is that tech does not replace, usurp our critical thinking and autonomy, that we don't become so dependent on devices that we can't critically think. For example, you know, we're trying to find directions. I've had a number of teens over the years who've become very confused about how to get anywhere because they're so used to GPS everything that when that didn't work, they were kind of left like clueless, even though really the answers to their questions were rather simple about where places lie. So in this situation here, the idea is that we as human beings and our free will is founded on this idea, have to be critical thinkers. We have to be discerning constantly. We have to do what we call if-then consequential thinking. If I do this, then this will happen potentially. And if we start to kind of lose that and we lose that sense of autonomy and critical thinking, it's not only difficult to just kind of execute many of the aspects of our daily lives. I would argue that as free will is the foundation on which God created human beings on this earth so they could be saved and salvation by Jesus Christ as choosing that. If free will is compromised by technology, then in some ways we increasingly become almost robotic in what we do and we're not choosing, we're not really going towards God in this this own unique, honest way. So, Principle number two, again, media and technology promotes human autonomy and critical thinking, not unnecessary dependence on devices. So here's, again, three key questions of many that you could ask yourself. Number one, am I constantly Googling, or whatever search engine you use, before I think about something? Before I even have a chance to just kind of contemplate or discern something, am I constantly jumping on the computer and just searching it online and figuring out where you know the opinions or supposed facts lie? without even just taking time to think about it or have a conversation about it? Just a question, number one, I guess. Number two, am I always texting for help and reassurance? Now, again, I want to clarify here that the idea of texting for help and reassurance in and of itself is not a bad thing. But if I'm constantly doing this, like I can't hardly make the simplest of decisions at all without, you know, sending a text or, again, without getting affirmation or whatever it is, then in many ways, my ability to critically think through a situation or make a decision with confidence after getting the necessary information is being reduced. And so we would say that in that way, tech is not necessarily allowing for that autonomy that we should have. And number three, it's actually probably the most simple of all, but maybe the most critical, is is tech limiting or eliminating the silence that I have? In the end of the day, and I think this happens throughout the Bible, throughout our Christian faith, it's repeatedly said that the decisions made in silence are likely the decisions that are going to be most close to what God desires for us. I know silence can be scary sometimes, but the reality is that if we struggle with using silence and having silence and making decisions in that way consistently, we're probably going to struggle with a lot of things in life. And so the question here simply is just, is tech removing the necessary silence from my life? Is it reducing my ability to have periods of peace and contemplation or meditation 
so that I can ultimately make the best decisions. Second principle here is that media technology promotes human autonomy and critical thinking, not unnecessary dependence on devices. Third principle and final principle, media technology is a means to an end, not an end of itself. You know, this one is really, really key. The question kind of if you think about your interaction on media with others is, is my goal to demonstrate what we call the goo factors, genuineness, unconditional positive regard and empathy, or am I really trying to like through my online communications, get others to pay attention to me or present myself better or in a fake way from who I really am? The idea is that tech should illuminate our authenticity. It should create empathy and show empathy for others. It should demonstrate our unconditional positive regard and our sense of value for others. And if it doesn't, and it becomes in and of itself an end, you know, as we're, or as we're really focused on that, then it's just eliminating the idea of who we are as Christian beings and who we are in this Christian world. It's interesting, years ago, I was watching a Dateline, it's probably been 10 years or so, something like that, and they had a, about five or six 20-something-year-olds that they basically took away their smartphones. The only thing they could do is they had a dumb phone where they could call someone, but they had no internet capacity, they had no social network, they had nothing that they could do in that way. And so they, they made them live in a house together for, it was like four or five days, and it was so interesting that they this drive to communicate, no matter what you take away, people have this drive to communicate. And so these I think they were all female. This 20-something females actually set up a real post-it board since they couldn't post anything online. And they started literally having post-it notes all over the board about things that they were thinking about and things they wanted to communicate. But at some point, there were actually multiple points throughout. It was really kind of comical. They were reflecting on the fact that they started to post something that they would have posted online and then realized, I can't put that on a board. I can't put that in like real form. Like that seems completely inappropriate or just really embarrassing. But the reality is that they would have done it online without thinking about it. So you kind of come back to this point. Is tech a means to an end or is it an end of itself? Like has it created its own standard that is different from the standards by which we would normally live? And so here's three questions for you to think about. Again, principle number three, media and technology is a means to an end not an end of itself. So question number one, am I posting more to get likes or affirmation than I am to post for things that are truly authentic and important? Question number one. Number two, am I using tech to disparage others, especially anonymously, instead of trying to find ways to connect or civilly discourse around topics that might be difficult? Number three, Am I working so hard to preserve an online, quote, streak that it is becoming more important than some of the other primary roles or primary health aspects of my life? Those questions are three of infinite number of questions, but the idea is in each of those areas, if you're answering yes to those or you're answering the direction that we would consider not as healthy, tech is becoming more of an end of itself than a means to an end. And that's when we have much more concerns. So there are all this here, these, these three principles. I think the key idea is that in the end of the day, if tech is really going to create a whole Christian vision of how we use technology, it really has to preserve, again, the idea of those goo principles, that genuineness, unconditional positive regard, the empathy for others. And it really has to be based on those virtues that we live by, right? The cardinal virtues of like prudence and fortitude and temperance and justice. 
and ultimately, you know, those, those virtues of faith, hope, and love. And the idea is that the very beginning, you know, we talk about, we'll talk about this later, that prudence of the cardinal virtues is actually the most important, and prudence gets misconstrued, and that's a whole other topic of itself. But in essence, prudence is just making decisions based on the reality that is and what is good. That is prudence, is that you're making decisions on an actual reality, again, or seeking the reality and what's good. And so much, I think, what happens today with our tech decisions is that we are not being prudent. We're not really seeking out what is not only reality, but what is the good. And so in the end of the day, so often tech takes over and takes us in different directions. I want to reiterate, I really believe that tech has some amazing capacity and has some features that really can bring us together in a much better way. But we're far from that. And so quickly we've dove in that we didn't even realize what principles we're living by. And I would argue that the three principles I lay out here today are really the framework. I know there's others, and I mean, others would have other opinions too, but the framework of a whole Christian view of technology. Because imagine a world where technology was actually used as an asset. Imagine a world where it was actually used to create greater happiness, great greater harmony create greater health, and create greater holiness. Now that, that is a beautiful vision. Hope everybody has a great rest of your week. This is Jim Schrader. Be holy, be whole.